you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrantz, palbociclib. Ibrantz 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrantz and visit Ibrantz.com. Ibrantz may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrantz may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrantz, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Hello, somebody. Before we start today's show, I wanted to let you know about a podcast called Battle Fatigue. It's a new show from the same folks that produce this podcast, Large Medium. We all know the experience in these bodies can bring a unique exhaustion. The Battle Fatigue podcast helps foster community for those of us who know what that's like. Every other week, AJ and Dalen dive into what it means to exist in a constant state of recharge and fatigue in today's climate while finding the self-care necessary in their perpetual tributes to our history and Black pop culture. If you are looking for even more community, babe, battle fatigue has got you. If you subscribe to Hello Somebody, you'll get an episode of Battle Fatigue in your podcast feed this week. If you don't subscribe to Hello Somebody, well, get on it because we've got a seat at the table for you. And I really hope you'll enjoy Battle Fatigue and please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Okay, and for today's episode, I sat down with my mentee, Tiffany J. Hale. Woo! This one right here is going to be a roller coaster ride like no other. Tiffany and I have known each other for a little over 10 years. Well, I don't want to give it all away, but you're going to discover how we met. So come on, take this journey with us. 
Tiffany Hale and I have been knowing one another for almost a decade now, and we started our relationship off as a mentor-mentee relationship. When you think about fate, I really do believe fate brought us together. I don't think we ever knew that we would collide in each other's lives, but it has been an ultimate blessing. She raised and born and raised and born, born and raised. No wonder that's not computing in my mind, right? You got to be born before you raise. Hello, somebody. You can't be raised and born. You have to be born and raised. <laughs> she was born and raised in C-Town, like myself, Cleveland, Ohio, a lifelong resident of Cleveland, Ohio daughter of this great city. We call it great. We got our problems and troubles like everybody else, but still there's no place like home. Like Dorothy said in the wizard of Oz, and she clicked her heels three fucking times, no place like home. So Cleveland is home born and raised. She attended Cleveland state university that I finally call the Harvard on the lake. Yes. Lake Erie, Cleveland, Ohio. So, yes, fate brought us together, and that is a beautiful thing. You just never know what kind of blessing somebody will be in your life. But Tiffany has been that blessing in my life. We have been by each other's side for a very long time, and we continue to do that to the very end. Damn, I don't know why. I mean, I didn't have to talk about the end. We just get to the middle. You know, we're near the end. And Tiffany has this consciousness about chocolateness, which we could talk a little bit about colorism since both of us are chocolate and lovely. I love how Tiffany did that that Instagram post about being chocolate and lovely. And we've had lots of conversations about color complex because her oldest daughter trying to protect her and now she has the little baby Lauren just you know making sure that they know that they are beautiful and that they are loved because unfortunately in the 21st century we're still telling dark-skinned people that they're beautiful. And it really does impact I me mean, as much as I thought we were making progress when I hear Tiffany talk about her two daughters, London and, and Lauren, and that those two babies have to be reinforced in the 21st century about their beauty and their worth. I guess the wonderful thing about them being born at this time is there are a lot more tools at our disposal to edify and lift them like Instagram and other places. And to see so many people create accounts that affirm black beauty and particularly dark skin black beauty is indeed a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. So Tiff, take it away. Well, first of all, hello, somebody. So, um, okay, so when do I start? So first of all, before I start the, the, our journey, I just want to let the world know that how amazing you are. I don't think that, I think that people see you on a stage I think they get like a small chunk of you, but I just want to, you know, put a little bit of meat and potatoes on that plate, okay? So Senator Turner is the kind of person that will be at her office and say, come on down, and I didn't know if I was afraid. We had just met. I didn't know if I, was, if I could bring my daughter with me or not, and I finally brought London with me, and you just embraced my child. I don't know if you've seen a little bit of yourself in my child, but she just, you guys connected. And London has been talking about you since that day. So you are open, you're honest. The spark that you carry is is just unwavering. It's un, it can nobody match that. Um, I can't wait till we make it to the White House because they're gonna get a whole bunch of chocolate milk. So Tim, um, are you doing breaking news on Hello Somebody? I mean, you just breaking the news right here on Hello Somebody. <laughs> 
<laughs> just telling all our secrets. They out in the open, baby. Watch out. Turn to cover. You can also talk about the power of Black Girl Magic networking, having those contacts, having loyalty, and just, you know, being able to connect because that's what that's what it was. The mentee mentor program had like an essay or like some type of I don't know, like you had to get up and speak and say who you were, what you were doing. And I got up and I just was myself, you know, and she said, and they, they had to wait to pair you with someone. So I had to wait. They said she's a state senator. She's busy. She go to Columbus twice a week. I was like, dang, what kind of, okay, this girl got it going on. She's going back and forth. So she said, you know, you got to wait. So I waited months and months and months. We finally got together. It was chemistry from that point on. We understood what was going on. We joined forces. I started working on different marketing projects for you. We started doing T-shirts printed. Uh, Black Girl Shape the World. We, you know, we did all type of stuff together. We different sure projects. Did. We had a Senator Turner was writing a book. She gave me all these stacks of little notes. Those of you that don't know Senator Turner, she'll write on any little piece of thing. She want to capture her idea. I went over her house. It's going to turn have an amazing, beautiful home. I'm looking, I'm like, oh my God, this is really nice. And she bring me this stack of paper. It was napkins falling out the damn stack. Like, oh no, no, get them too. I said, what's this? She's like, oh, I want an idea on them. So it's just, so I had it, she had me all these things. I had to take it to the copy center, copy back and front and side, and then make six copies of that thing. So that, <laughs> that was a so, test. Tiffany held that was a test, and you passed with flying colors. You know, I am a big believer in how people handle little things or something that seems to be little if they do it with great pride, and they yes. do it, and, and you did that. So that evolved into doing your Facebook, managing the Facebook, doing other marketing projects, and then that evolved to one day I'm in the house listening to Rump Shaker. It was the end of... The school year, I was a substitute teacher for five years. It's the end of the school year. I'm celebrating with the kids. I seen your number pop up in my phone. I had to tell everybody, turn the radio on. I can't see. All I want to do is do my zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. <laughs> I said, I can't listen to that. I, I listen to Rump Shaker, okay? <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> I, so turn it down, and that's when you called and said, hey, I need you to come over to our revolution. Yeah. I was the community engagement manager for Our Revolution. We did that. Senator Turner was president of Our Revolution. She completely transformed that organization. It was on the map. People were so excited to have her come and speak for them and uplift their individual campaigns on all levels. Senator Turner just went and supported everybody. And I was with her in spirit and virtually whenever she went to those places. And then we went over to the campaign. And then I was in charge of, I guess, basically supporting, detailing, um, checking folks on the Cajun for the four national co-chairs. That's Senator Turner, Congressman Rokana from California, um, Ben Cohen from Ben and Jerry's, and then... Mayor Carmen. Yes, Carmen. Euline Cruz. Euline Cruz, the the mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico. So that is where... I think I developed and, you know, into, I don't know, I, I wasn't in a bubble, but I was always afraid to do certain things. And Senator Turner gave me that opportunity. Um, Jesus had his sandals on when he told Senator Turner to take me with her. And um, I feel like I blossomed, but I wouldn't have been able to do that without Senator Turner. So 
Oh, so um, you, I mean, any mentor, teacher, it was just a pleasure to watch your growth over the years. You are truly a badass. That black girl magic is really working. I think people need to know when we say Jesus with the sandals on, we serious. And when I say black Jesus with the sandals on, that's it. That's like 911 right there. I told Corey Bush, when he put them sandals on, it's you real. better knock on some doors. You ready, you ready to print out the pamphlets. If they cut, if they totally shut down, you better print them off on your computer at home. <laughs> that is when Jesus, black Jesus with them sandals come out. So I have been in several positions like that. Senator Turner and I share, you know, we lost our moms in our early 20s. Yeah. And I sister that was I was 24 my little sister had just turned seven my mother was had died from pancreatic cancer we were fighting for custody it was just a mess but I ended up graduating with cum laude from Cleveland State that same semester so when I say he put some sandals on I always pray like God I need three signs let me know if I'm going the right way please let me know give me three signs and every time I've had those signs it was confirmation and I'm just happy to be in your presence and hello somebody hello somebody so I, so, so I just wanted to make sure that we covered one good topic right so people see you on stage they see what's going on they understand they kind of sort of understand you but it's always interesting, given that we have now a black beat, you know, we have Kamala Harris that Javaya selected. Sometimes it's very refreshing to hear from someone like you. You're in it. You're not looking for no reward. You're not looking for any titles. How would a young black girl, or young woman, period, get involved in politics? And what made you want to be a part of that? Were you young and you thought of something like that? Because even I need refresher courses on how to be proactive in the community. How did you, like, what happened that you say, you know what, I'm just going to get in it. No matter what people say about me, people have done some nasty things about you. And I used to be checking all of them on Facebook. What you say? I had to get with the, who you talking to? Right. Right. <laughs> so for me, for everybody, what was that? That thing that said, you know what, I got to get involved. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 Million Black Businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards 
to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I don't know if I know what the thing was. I mean, my grandmother, who people have heard her stories all over this country, I only wish that she were alive to know how famous her sayings have become, especially the three bones. My, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, was just really everything to me and my family and really the glue that kept us together. She died four months after my mom. And so the fact that you were reminding us that you and I definitely have that in common of losing our moms at a young age and, and having to raise our siblings. I mean, for you, one sibling. For me, six siblings. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. But God, you know, saw both of us through. And as I often say, I know everybody that's listening to taking this walk and this journey with us may relate to a God or to the universe or to nature in a different way. But for us, it is a belief in a God. And But for God, I don't know where I would be and the magnificent people, because I always say God works through people. Mm. We are his mm. manifestation on earth. Yes. So if it wasn't for good people that... God brought into my life, and some not so good people too, because people will come right. into your life for a reason and a season. My grandmother certainly, with her third grade education, continues to inspire me even to this day. And so I would say it was her in many ways, whether she knew it or not, continued to be my inspiration. We had some really hard times in our life. My parents got married really young. They were still basically teenagers and they had to grow together and things didn't work out and that's adult that's life that's when you get into adulthood and and sometimes your parents make it together and sometimes they do not and i will say my mother never said a a, never talked against my father at all and he had some hard times you know coming through too. jobs sometimes sometimes not and that makes it very hard on the custodial parent who has the colds the going through puberty which is Woo. Just a lot of trauma. And for me, when I look at what social scientists say about children who are whose parent is, you know, single mom, you know, just knowing the stats and, and children who are transient and how you're not going, it makes it harder on your life. I kind of look back over my life and think, wow, how did I make it? There's a song in the black gospel tradition, never would have made it, never would have made it without you. Or I look back over my life or how I how I got over you know, yeah. I ain't even going to sing because yeah. people ain't going to like me no more. But how I got over, my soul looks back and wonders how I got over, you know. So, yeah. And 
you know, my parents, ironically, when they were younger, they actually passed out campaign leaflets for Carl B. Stokes, the first oh, wow. African-American mayor of a major city. Come through, Cleveland. Come through. See, Cleveland hey. laid the foundation, baby. And maybe some of that kind of rubbed off on me in some way. So I don't, I, it's not just even one thing that I could point to. There's a maelstrom of things that really impacted my life and caused me to go into the direction that that I went into. I can't say, you know, some people are blessed and they can say, when I was 12 years old, I knew I was going to do this and do that. I can't say that. God just ordered my steps. Sometimes the path was straight. Most of the time it was crooked. You know, had to go all around the mountain on the rough side of the mountain at that. Wasn't nothing, nothing ever came easy for me. N- nothing at all. Not one thing ever came easy. I okay. don't, with the exception, I would say, well, I was going to say loving my son is, as you know, I talk about him all the time. But I mean, in terms of where, where I've been and where I am now, and even at this level, new levels, new devils. The higher you climb, the harder it gets, the more the opposition comes against you. Yes, I think, I, I think I'm like that, too. I don't have a specific thing. I think the one thing that I needed to pay attention to, and I know I'm kind of hard on my daughter, like Michelle Obama said, we raise our daughters, we love our sons. I think that I don't have a son, so I don't know that to be true, but I know that I raise, you know, London. My three-year-old, you know, she's just three. But, like, I raised London, she's nine. And um, I think the fact that I didn't have that safety blanket as my mom, you know, my friends, a lot of them were pregnant in high school. I was horrified. I was terrified of my mother. I I could not. So, you know, they had children, a couple of them, not all of them, and then most of them went off to be very successful. But they had a blanket, you know, like they would say, oh, well, my mom's keeping the baby or they doing this, they doing that. My mother made it abundantly clear. If this is what you want to get yourself involved in, I got a place for you. Hello. So um, I was terrified of that. So I once so waited a while because I was I said, well, how am I going to prepare myself for life? So I think the one thing that helped me was it just came out of nowhere is to just be organized. And I know sometimes you always say, you know, you need to get you a business and get people together and manage people. I sure do. It it wasn't something that I just wanted to do. I didn't feel like what's going to happen if something happened to me, right? Like I have to have everything put in place. My oldest sister, she doesn't have any children. My little sister, 19 now. So like what's going to happen? So I need things to be prepared and set. I still made a bunch of mistakes personally, professionally, trying to figure things out. But that was like one of the things for me to stay organized and, and, and miss out on some, some fun stuff. You know, so my question for you is, what were those two, what were some things, not two things, but was it something that like kept you grounded? You knew that it's going to be tough. What was something that kept you grounded that you can always revert back to as a blanket? Again, my grandmother and her words, and certainly scripture, I mean, I always joke that my sibling, seven, my siblings and I, seven of us, in which I'm the oldest, uh, we went to church eight days a week. Because in the old <laughs> days, in my mama's house, ain't many mansions in my mama's house. You must go to church in my mama's house. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't go to the mall. You couldn't go to the movies. Every day at church. Every day. 
Super, right. Super church every day. So that, to me, I, I didn't appreciate it at the time. As a matter of fact, it just, it messed with me a lot. And I just said, this is, this is crazy. Why, why we got to go to church so much? And then, you know, some of the churches that my mother was a member of, this whole notion of a woman's place. And that's kind of where I found my rebellious streak in a way that I didn't believe all of this stuff. You know, the Bible is a cultural document. You know, it was written in a specific time and the words and the practices, the behaviors are based on a certain moment in time and those cultures who interpreted what God had to say. And so I would always ask my mother, you know, there's a scripture that says women be silent in the church. And if you have a question, ask your husband. And so I'm like, mama, what's up with that? I mean, what? Women can't talk in the church and they got to ask their husband. What if they don't have a husband? You know, I was just always, my curiosity just always got the best of me on things like that. And I never just went with that. It didn't make sense. And then some of the churches, the Pentecostal churches, women couldn't wear pants. If you wore pants or makeup, you know, they likened you to Jezebel. Like, who the hell is Jezebel? Sound like Jezebel have she got gotta have a whole lot of fun. Jezebel get it in. <laughs> you know. But why? And then also the whole notion that for women, if you were single young woman, it was Miss M I S S. If you're married, it's M R S. And then I think the M S is if you're widowed or professional woman or whatever, however. But you got three titles for women and just one for men. I would question that shit too. I, this is ridiculous. So that streak, that womanist streak was in me all along. And it, not, it wasn't that somebody sat me down and said that these things were wrong or to question them, but it was just innate in me to question those things. So I don't went all around the block. I don't even know if I answered your damn question. All I'm saying is that my grandmother was certainly always a force in me, even in my darkest and hardest moments. I always lean on her words. I lean on scripture too. And my mother in her own way, you know, even though she died at a very young age of 42 and she made so many mistakes that impacted her children's lives. So when I say, I don't know how I'm here to this day, I really mean that, you know, my mother wanted to commit suicide. Um, yeah. She, she wanted to commit suicide. And uh, I think my mother had some undiagnosed yeah. problems. I mean, I'm no doctor in that way. But just as I reflect, you know how sometimes you just have moments and you reflect on your life. But she 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 loved her children, but it was it's complex. People yeah. are complex. And it's just really, really hard. And I'm really glad that my dad and I really do have a very strong relationship, you know, even though it didn't work out, but between my parents and it was hard growing up, you know, he tried. And and when I reflect, because now I have the reasoning to kind of look at how things happen and try to put the pieces together. I'm sure my mother was a handful, you know, lover flaws and all. We're all flawed human beings. That's what makes you so relatable. That's why I wanted to ask you, like what brought you to that? All of those things that you saw and that you dealt with, I mean, because we see it as children. We know what's going on. My mother was a single mother. We had two different dads, and my mother was angry, you know, and I didn't understand why she was upset. She wouldn't, like, completely bash my dad, but she was angry, and that anger didn't, I didn't see it fully until I got grown, and my father 
came back into my life. He's been sober for 18 years now. Yeah. He got sober the birthday. And when I tried to help him that one day, she called and said, hey, what you doing? I said, hey, I'm going to pick daddy up. She said, well, why would you want to do that? He ain't do nothing. And I said, she's hurt. Right. I had to understand that for my mother and, and just get that from her. Like, okay, so, but now me as a mom, and I'm not married, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on through my engagement and with the kid's father. You know what, Mama? I see you. Right. I see you. I get it. I talk to my mother when I just be roaming through the house, picking up toys, like, ain't this a bitch? You know, so I, I see you. But I also think that those things, like what you going through, what you went through, what I went through, like many other women that go through that see their mom, that sparks a fire, right? Yes. That sparks a fire in you. And then you go from dealing with that, taking care of siblings, being responsible, being a wife and a new mom and trying to navigate and then take me down the road from your very first. So carrying all of that. Because we all got baggage. We all got good and bad baggage. So yeah. carrying all that, knowing that you're going you're gonna to be different, you're going to be successful, you're going to be powerful, you got to keep saying that to yourself. You're going to try to be different. And then you get into politics. Yes. You know, when you say you got to be different, you got to be powerful. The reason why I lean on my grandmother so much, and I have an aunt who's alive. She's 93. She's the last of that generation. Matter of fact, I got to call my Aunt Phoebe. Aunt Phoebe, baby, I'm going to call you. You know, you got to have them lists you have. You got to have a list of what you need to do on your personal side, too. And we should call our elders and talk to, you know, I make it my business not only to call my aunt, but to call some elders who had who influenced my life because we live in a throwaway world. And suddenly when you're not the it thing anymore, you know, people kind of throw you away. So I make it my business to call elders and also to call people who may not necessarily be in the elected ministry anymore because we are especially disposable. But my grandmother had a saying that, and she would always say to us, be the best. And if you can't be the best, be next to the best. Be so close to the best that nobody could tell the difference. Be the best. And that's it, baby. Be the best. So that even in the moments where I could not necessarily see a way out, I could hear my grandmother's words in my head. I internalized what she said. I ran track, Tiff. A lot of people don't know that about me. I ran track. And my, my husband, he jokes with me all the time because I love track and field during the Olympics. And I was like, oh, man, that could have been me. And he always looked at me like, babe, well-endowed women. You don't see no well-endowed women running sprints. <laughs> Williams in there, boom, boom. Right, right. Boom. He said it differently, so I'm just I'm making it more PG. And then when I thought about that, like he right, so I'm always like, dang, on it. But I could have strapped him down. But anyway, I ran track in high school, and I was good. I mean, I was the first leg of the of the 440, and you know, oh, wow. to be the first leg means you're fast, you're setting the pace, you you're getting the lead for the team. But I was traumatized in that experience because my mother could not afford to get me the equipment that I needed. And you don't need a lot in track. It's not like it's baseball or football. You really just need a good pair of of running shoes, cleats. She couldn't afford to buy them. And so I remember having to borrow my friend's shoes just to run races. So agony, agony like that. I know what poverty can do to dampen a child's dreams. 
and their hopes and their desires. And so unless you have people in your life like my grandmother, like teachers, like coaches, people who recognize that you may be going through something so that they can lift and edify you. But yes. it's moments like that. And so I've always had a thing about that because I never did take that track all the way to the end. I didn't run to the end to see what the end was oh, going to be. Okay. You know, I kind of gave up on it because of the stigma that I felt because I couldn't ever afford. But I was really, really good at that. So my message is that we always have to recognize that people are some of all of their parts. And we don't yeah. know what got them to where they are what happened to them along the way. We yeah. see people at the top of their game and we we think, oh my God, this, no, but you don't know what it took for them to get to where they are. Yeah. And you don't know what somebody has gone through on any given day, any given moment. So I always try to make it my business, as you know, Tiff, you have seen me in action, to ask people how they're doing. Yeah. You yeah. know, I try to check myself on a regular basis because sometimes we're so anxious to, you know, you make a phone call to somebody, yeah, can you do this? And you don't even yeah. call for it. How are you? How you doing? How's it going? And and really mean it, you know. And I'm I'm not perfect at, at that all the time because human nature is I'm just waiting on my next time to talk. I ain't really listening to what you have to say. I just want you to finish. So now it's my turn to talk. And so we got to be conscious and deconstruct our construction to really just take that moment to say how are you today. And sometimes it'll blow people's mind because we expect people to say, I'm fine, because a lot of people don't want to burden you with their problem. They'll just say, oh, I'm doing okay. But one of these days, somebody's going to tell you how they're really feeling. And if you're so programmed just to get to the next and not really listen to them, this fast food, microwave, Twitter, twerk world, as Denzel called it in one of his speeches that we're in, it doesn't give us, I think, the compassion and empathy that is necessary for human beings to have one for another. So my grandmother and my mother in her own way, my grandmother, I don't know if she knows or knew how much of an influence she had on my life. I don't think she did. As you know, she died four months after my mother. My grandmother died of lung cancer. Uh, different from my mother, she was in her 70s, and it was something we expected when she got the diagnosis. My mother died suddenly, like, you know, your mom, I mean, it was just like, saw her that morning, that night, I'm, you know, afternoon, I'm getting the calls, come to the hospital. She had a brain aneurysm, uh, was, was in a coma for a little while, and then just gone. And I was 22, and my baby sister was 12. There's seven of us, so 22 and 20 and mm -hmm. 18 and 16, you know, just like that. We all are two years apart, and it was just mind-blowing. So I think about you. I think about my, my baby sister she was 12 and so out of all seven of us she had the least time to spend yes. with our mother so I, I would give back everything i mean i would give back all of my fancy titles if my mom could be here today with yes. all of the drama and the trauma just to have her here to hug her you know she never lived to see me get college degrees to walk across any stages from tri-c to cleveland state twice to taking oaths of office in Cleveland City Council, then the Senate, to being the Democratic nominee in the great state of Ohio for Secretary of State in 2014, to running a national organization, being a national surrogate in 2016 for a presidential candidate, to being a national co-chair for the same candidate on the second time around, to being able to touch millions of lives because of technology, but physically be in spaces and talk to crowds of 
upwards of 30,000 at once. My mother never, ever lived to see any of this. But there's, I, I know as sure as there's a God in heaven that she's looking down saying, you go, girl, and that black girl magic is real. <laughs> you know, my, my mother, Tiff, you know, in terms of the colorism, and we'll have to come back and do that segment, Tina, but I, my mother was light-skinned, and I, and she knew that? she knew I had a color complex because it's hard growing up, and I know you can relate to this, too. You're cute to be a black girl or, or you're not cute at all, you know, or my hair is good and your hair is bad. And it, it wears on you. And even to this day, as successful as I am, that still gets to me, colorism. And it still permeates. And we talk a lot about racism, but we don't talk about colorism. Light-skinnedness is a privilege in this country. And good hair, because I do that, because in my African-American history classes, I would teach my students that good hair is the hair you take care of. But we know that we have been socialized to believe that the closer to European hair your hair is, that makes it good. But I digress. My mother would always reaffirm to me my beauty. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. children are completely different colors on the color spectrum so any of you that's out there I know a lot of my friends children came out that way I'm here to tell you I understand where you are where your position and I have to make sure like Senator Turner said that I uplift my chocolate child because I don't want anyone you know some, some people see a little girl and they're like oh my gosh she's so pretty and it's like I don't want London to feel that they're saying that she's pretty because she's lighter. So my in-laws are Haitian, and my mother-in-law is, I think they call them um, mulattoes or cooties, you know, with a lighter, fair skin. But their dad is dark, Mm -hmm. dark, dark, and his brothers are too. So the mom was the lightest one of the four of them. So she used to, you know, uplift her sons and let them know, all of them, both, all three of them, that they're beautiful. So now their dad does that because the grandmother started that. Yes. So now, so now dad lets London know all the time that you're beautiful. But 
when London, when I first brought Lauren home, all babies are, you know, some most babies are lighter. Yes. But her color did not change. London would have these conversations with me and say, well, you know, she's going to be my color. She's going to be your color. She's going to be daddy color. And we had to have like a sit down conversation. And that's when I knew the words from my mother is saying, God made you exactly the way that he wanted you. Not the way the world wanted you. Not the way the man wanted you. Not the way that took school and the teacher and the car lot man wanted you. God made you the way that he wanted you. Yes. And you have to fit in that. So since we had that conversation, I can honestly say she has not asked me about the color difference. However, colorism still exists even in my own home because if we go out in public, it exists. I see it. So the best thing that I can do for my two girls, because they're still black women, because I don't care what shade you are, you Come put on. African on that job application, yes. if you put American on that bank loan application, then that's who you are. So let's not believe that just because what people see in front of them, it may not translate what you put on that piece of paper. Come on. So that's why I teach my child, I don't care what color you are, you first of all can be respectful to yourself. And second of all, you're going to love what you look like. I'm not about to press your hair out every Saturday. I'm our hair pressed out maybe once a year to clip far ends. I'm not going to sell that propaganda to the women in my house. Yes. I'm not sell that. Come on. So that has helped me, my mother saying, God made you the way he wanted you. That's something for him, for him to say, look at the masterpiece that I have created. Look at Senator Turner. Look at first name senator. Last, last name senator. Turner. Yes. So I say that. So let me go off. I say that everybody because every time people, some people call her Nina, mm. but don't know her personally, or we just be out in public and it drives me insane. So I always try to, you know, politely say, or they'll say Nina out of, you know, TJ Maxx or whatever, and I'll say, oh, Senator Turner. Yes. <laughs> That TJ Maxx reference really happened, y'all. Really, really happened. We were hard to get to. We, the brother was so happy to be next to you, Senator Turner. He was at work and he turned around. He said, uh, uh, sis, sis. I turned around and said, uh, Senator Turner. Yes, you did. And Senator Turner said, you know Senator Turner loves everybody. She said, oh, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. I was like, okay, put the dog back in. Okay, yes, yes, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew the side of you that I knew, you know, there are struggles, there are things that, you know, you reveal to everybody, but seeing a black woman come from your situation and then you networked, you, you, you worked for uh, the, the mayor. I did. Mike, I did. You start working for the mayor. Then you went to the legislature, right? Professor at Cleveland state university, then ran for Cleveland city council first lost my first race. Ran again four years later and won. Yes. Becoming the first woman to serve my community certainly gives me no pleasure to say that. Not necessarily the first who was qualified, right. but the first that got the opportunity yes. to serve in that capacity. And that's very important. You know, we get giddy about the first, the first this, the first that. What is a damn shame is that it's taking this long to have a first. That's what we must question. So, yeah, the first... A woman to serve my community, not on the city council in general, but just my community in the Lee Harvard area. And then when I went to the Senate, the first black woman to actually serve in that particular seat as well. So, 
Yeah, when I when I kind of look at it, we've only just barely scratched the surface, Tiffany Hale, but I'm glad that we have, and we'll have to do these regularly and pick a topic to explore. I want people to, I want to encourage their courage. You know, that is something that is so important that people are encouraged, not just in these moments, but especially moments uh, like this. Yeah. So the takeaways that I received is, as you know, growing up in a black home with my mama, you had to always be respectful to your elders, to your community members. You know, I have a Mr. Roberts on my street. He got to be every bit of 90-some years old. And every time I see him pull out in that Cadillac, I get an attitude. I want to know where he going, how long he going to be there. And I call the councilman. I say, hey, listen, are we making sure he got a mask on? So community is a takeaway. You know, when you're in a community, you know, and you're in a poverty stricken area and you just speak up for the people um my second takeaway is loyalty no matter where you went you know when i was with you when you ran for secretary of state as a loyalist to you and it's a mutual respect a mutual love for each other yes um loyalty networking getting people involved with you and what you're doing the last one is just not being afraid to take a risk i saw that with you um, during the campaign, even though people knew how fierce you were and how honest you were, and took people, Senator Turner looked out for everybody. Every shade, every color, every platform, every level. Senator Turner took care of everything. Problems came her way. She handled them problems. So just being committed to that, and I think commitment was my is my last one. Do you have any that you think is you know, that you would say kept you going like some themes or, you know, terms. You know, I want to go back to something we were talking about, the encourage, I want, I'm here to encourage your courage. That is something that I learned from my sister Rosario Dawson when we were on the campaign trail in 2016 and we were at a speech together and she said those words, I am here to encourage your courage. My takeaway would be for people to understand their purpose. Mm purpose, plan, and possibilities. Yes. If you understand your purpose to that own self, be true. Yes. Something, in, in many ways, I'm saying the same thing that your mother said to you, which is also the same thing that my grandmother said to me. When she said, be the best. Yes. She basically was saying, it don't matter what no other mofo say. Just be. Be. I am the best. You know, and I find myself saying that I am the best. I am, you know, Reverend Justin Jackson said, I am somebody. You know, he was telling people to affirm who you are. Even the great Isana Van Zandt said that I am, you know, is a force in the universe. There's a scripture in the Christian Bible when Moses asked, who should I say sent me? He said, I am. That I am. Come on. Tell him. Tell him I am that I am sent thee. Baby, okay, that, that's it and that's all. I am that I am. That I so am. purpose, plan, and possibilities. Once you understand your purpose, then you got to plan your work and work your plan. And you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to have valley moments. And in order to appreciate the valley, in order to appreciate the mountaintop, you have to navigate in the in the valley, and that valley is getting you ready for the next level, and the next level, and the next level. New levels, new devils. It never stops. Yeah. And every time you think that you have made it, another test comes. But you yeah. have been prepared. Purpose, plan, and possibility. Baby, the sky ain't even the limit. Yeah. 
All right. That's it. Well, I appreciate you. Um, you always have my love. Even when I try not to do work for you and with you, I still end up checking emails because I don't want nobody to say nothing slick. So, thank you. You have a heavy week coming up. I'm praying for you and your family. Mr. Turner, I love him. He's always so kind and so nice. Yes. You know, he keeps me laughing. His, uh, my husband's twin brother passed away. And it's amazing how many people didn't know my husband had a twin and it's one thing to lose a loved one. You know, we got COVID going on. So much shit is going on. People are catching hell. I think that's another reason why I got a really low tolerance for bullshit. Now, when people want to know, what's up with her? What's going on with her? Yeah, very low tolerance. Not a whole lot of time and very low tolerance. But on that personal note, yes, my husband lost his twin brother. And it was sudden, totally unexpected. And uh, my family and I, we are in that moment. And it's just something about the bond between twins that losing a sibling or any loved one is a, is a painful experience. Losing your, your twin, somebody that you were birthed into the world with, that's a whole nother level. So thank you for bringing that up, Tiff. I don't usually share this much as you know, I'm a very private person, but I, I do understand that stories strengthen. Yeah. Sharing your struggle strengthens other people. And it's good for people to know that no matter what special title somebody has or we all go through something. Yes. Thank you for that. Hello Somebody is a production of Large Media Network. Our logo and web design was created by Grayson Co. Special thanks to other members of the Hello Somebody team. Tiffany Hale, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, Julia Griffin, Angelo Greco and Anna Mesa. Now, if you would like to support our production, please become a member on patreon.com forward slash hello somebody. And finally, come join us for more conversation on my social media channels at Nina Turner. Podcast called Battle Fatigue. I'm fatigued already and I just got started. Lord have mercy. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.